Hello and welcome to The Naked Scarf. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And in this episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Instead of uh, choosing a random Doctor Who story and bludgeoning it to death with our opinions, we're going to do what will be the first in a series of specials where we look at Doctor Who and something else and see how an idea or something relates uh, to the show. Now this one is particularly dedicated to Andy's interest, so Andy, give us not quite your plot synopsis. <laughs> Uh, well, basically, I'm going to be talking about uh, Doctor Who and philosophy. Uh, more specifically, uh, Doctor Who and his identity. Um, a programme like Doctor Who, uh, with the capabilities that the programme has, uh, the concept gives it the ability to explore just about any story, uh, any concept that you want to. Um, uh, yeah, it, it just relates so perfectly uh, to so much philosophy and, and some of you might have seen my little uh, nipslip video that I put on the Naked Scarf Tumblr which was talking about uh, immaterialism and Barclay and the Weeping Angels. Uh, well, this is kind of like a, a more prolonged version of that. So basically I'm going to be talking um, a little bit about philosophy and uh, issues of identity and how that relates to the character of the Doctor and the show in general, and Adam here is going to be my uh, plucky female assistant. Um, I will also occasionally be making uh, big purple vein dick jokes as well, just to lighten the mood. Throbbing. You know what? It's so rare that you say something and I get to sit here in silence and it glance is usually at you the other way around, isn't it? it's it's a really nice change, actually. How do you feel from your cloud of moral superiority? Uh, how do I feel from it? How do yeah. I feel? Um, well, I, I like it. I like it in my cloud. It's great. So, how did it feel to lower yourself? Just lower then? myself. I wasn't lowering myself. I was making a Bill Hicks reference that elevates me even further. I could start doing Goat Boy on the podcast, but I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> no, nobody wants goat to see boy. you do Goat Boy. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so tempted to start butting you in the side with my head. Have you ever, have you ever seen the Bill Hicks Goat Boy? No, I've not. No, Lawrence only no, recently introduced me to Bill Hicks. Um, okay, um, you, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to spoil the sheer majesty of Bill Hicks' goat boy. Okay, so it's got nothing to do with butting you in the side with my head? No. No, I'm quite embarrassed. Anyway, um, um, yes, anyway, so uh, Doctor Who and, and philosophy and high-minded concepts and absolutely nothing to do with butting Adam in the side with my head like a small baby goat. Well, Doctor and Identity. Okay, let's go. Basically, identity as a concept. Now, it's obviously been a major branch of philosophy because people are obsessed with themselves and they're obsessed with their sense of self and their sense of identity and they want to know about themselves, they want to know about the mind. And in Latin, the word identity actually comes from the word sameness something and 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 the reason for that is 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 kind of because a lot of the study of identity is to do with the way the mind is linked to the body because of course as people we put a lot of emphasis on judging uh, somebody's appearance the way somebody presents themselves and 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 conferring that as identity um, and obviously then it's also uh, partially put in uh, from the mind. Now, of course, this is particularly interesting in regards to Who, because the Doctor, as a character, regenerates. 
And when he regenerates, both his personality change and his physical appearance change. But his personality is always built around seemingly the same moral core. You really think so? I think, I think basically, yeah. I mean, I think certain doctors have been a little more casual about death, certainly. Um, Davison's doctor tends to get quite upset, you know. There's always that, this should have been another way. I need to mend my ways. Baker's doctor, as we've discussed before, is a little bit more casual about death. He doesn't like it, but he's a bit more... He's, he's a little bit more kind of like, meh, well, you know, shit happens. I'm the fourth doctor. Let's go off now and do shit. You see, I'm really flowing with the intellectual knowledge today. Uh, and again, McCoy's doctor expresses great moral outrage, but there's a sense he may be a little bit, again, a bit like Baker's doctor, a bit more, uh, a bit more well. And then there's the the, the, the sixth doctor who, uh, actually there's a, I can't remember which book it is, there's one of the books, I think, I think it might be Alien Bodies by Lawrence Mills. I'm not sure it's a BBC book where he says something about how his sixth, sixth incarnation started to see the logic in cold-blooded murder. Which might be a little harsher on Colin Baker because that was only for the first few stories and later on Trial of the Time Lord he's a, he's a lot more moral in the sense that he doesn't kill anyone viciously. Uh, apart from the vervoids. But... So what do you think uh, this moral core that the Doctor's personality is centred around is then? Don't be a dick. Pretty much, I I, I think he has yeah, a very he has a very strong. The doctor's very capable of being a dick. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think he's don't be a dick in 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 the bigger picture. Normally, sometimes, except maybe the fifth doctor. Oh, now I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, it's but not... I think there's always a certain element of don't be a dick in there that forms his his character. I mean, it's in, it's funny because we've got Massachusetts doctor now, and he seems at times almost a little colder. People have said he seems a little. His his reaction to death uh, or things like uh, the his treatment of the Amy ganger. Though I think people have misread that actually quite badly, but I don't want to get into the minute semantics of that. But then you, that's coming off the back of Tenant's Doctor, who's very much I'm the Doctor. I, this is wrong. I will stop you. I'm the oncoming storm. I'm the Doctor. This is wrong. This well, is no, wrong. Of course, by the How time he got to Waters of Mars. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. He did have a weird character arc, on, which was almost the opposite of the Ninth Doctor. But you know, I mean, he, his Doctor was always moralising quite a bit. A lot of speeches. So, do you think this quality of "don't be a dick" is enough to anchor all these different personalities down to this idea of the Doctor as an identity? For example, if you think about that more, uh, you and I share certain attributes. We both like Doctor Who. Is that enough to say that actually we're very similar people? Liking an, an liking an entertainment program for the family and and having a basic moral sense of what is right and wrong aren't really comparable. Fine. Lauren and I are both vegans. That means that we have a similar, uh, for the purposes of this argument, moral uh, belief, a very strong one. Uh, does that make us nearly identical people? On a smugness level, yes, absolutely. Fuck you! I am never smug about the no, vegan you're not. thing. No, you're not. That was a cheap shot and I apologise. Yeah, you should. That was a very cheap shot. That was an amazingly <laughs> cheap shot. You are going to suffer until the end of your days. I'm going to come back to you like an avenging angel of wrath. And I'm going to haunt you in your dreams. But, but anyway, the point is, the doctor. There's a, there is something essentially always doctorish. 
I mean, the Doctor himself has changed, I believe. He's, I mean, if you look at William Hartnell's Doctor, the first Doctor, who, though the oldest, also the youngest, there's that famous thing in second episode of Unearthly Child, or what, 100 million BC, or whatever you want to call it, where he, he looks, it looks for a moment until Ian stops him, like he's going to brain that caveman. And he picks up the rock, and it looks like, for yeah. moment, like he's going to, because it's more convenient. And his Doctor is, you know, it's really right up for the first 12 episodes, fully up until... In the, in the beginning box set, which has um, Unearthly Child, Daleks, and uh, Inside the Spaceship, Head of Destruction, whatever it's called, it's only by the end of those episodes that he's, his character starts to soften, and it's a continuous suffering. Uh, suffering? Suffering? His, his character gets softer as he goes on, and he loses that kind of spiky, morally ambiguous edge, and he becomes very much a kind of more grandfatherly figure with, with a definite moral core. Though, even in stories like The Romans, which I watched for the first time recently, he, he doesn't, he's more of a, he's less of an adventurer, more of a traveller, so, so bad things will happen around him, but he won't necessarily go and stop it. He won't go like, right, let's do... And I know there's a thing I'm not interfering with history, but history is very relative from his point of view. Yes. But, he, you know, he, 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 at least at the beginning of when we get to the Doctor, he is certainly perhaps not always the great moral crusader that we recognise now. So it's interesting, because uh, philosophy of identity basically falls under uh, the field of metaphysics, and then if you're going to subdivide that even further, it comes down to something called ontology, which is kind of the study of being, of existence and of reality. Now, there's quite a, a famous uh, sort of little philosophical principle, it's quite neat, it's called uh, Leibniz's Law. And uh, Leibniz was a German philosopher who basically said that two things that share every attribute are not only similar, but they're actually completely the same. Which, of course, is interesting because the Doctor could technically be existing in the same place at the same time, as in fact he has in various different stories, but he's not the same. So according to Leibniz's law... You couldn't actually say that they were both the Doctor in the same sense of the word. Of course, there's a guy called Kant who's bloody awesome. Um, and Immanuel Kant, you, you've probably heard of him. Kant's pretty famous. And and he said that uh, uh, basically you have to disregard that a bit because... Um, uh, basically, you have to distinguish between the thing uh, itself and uh, its appearance. If they have the same properties, but they're not in the same place at the same time, so then they're numerically different. What you're basically saying, if if I'm understanding this right, yeah, and sure. I might not, in something like, say, the Three Doctors, that Troughton isn't the Doctor when Pertwee's the Doctor. Yeah, at a very very simple but, level. But is that that surely that's like saying that if you met yourself from five years ago and. That's not you anymore. Well, well that's not yeah, you but anymore. this is where it comes. This that is, is what it still comes you. Down that's to. just an earlier you. I don't think I agree with that. I think that's rubbish. Well, no, and this is the thing about uh, philosophy. Is rubbish. Hey, this is the thing about Ow. philosophy is that there's a lot of different people contradicting each other in a lot of different ways. And I'm not saying that uh, Leibniz is right, although I do still think that it's uh, quite a neat but idea just, for a principle. I just don't think that takes into consideration time travel. Well, no, but of course the problem with, well, the thing with ontology is that it deals with this question a lot. It's, it's, it's the fact that uh, are you actually the same person as you were five years ago? Well, I mean... Uh, considering that, uh, in, in fact, let's take seven years, because um, it's it said that every seven years you're technically not the same person you were as seven years previously, because every cell in your body by that point has been renewed. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, if you met yourself 
you know, five years ago, seven years ago, whatever. I mean, almost the amount of time almost is, is immaterial to say if you make yourself from last week. You asked at you, you're not the same person, no, because you've had different experiences, and we are, I, th- I, th- I personally believe we're defined by our experiences as much as anything. What we experience shapes who we are. And I think that's true of the Doctor as well. So you think it's his experiences that anchor the personality, or this concept of the Doctor down to various different bodies? It it depends, yeah. But yes, I mean, it gets down to nature and nurture. Is the Doctor who he is because of of where he was born, what he grew up in, how how he was raised? Or, I mean, every time he... Because there's got to be an element of that, because if if it was just a case of nature, every time he regenerated... Because he does come up with radically different personalities as it is, but they'd be so different we wouldn't recognise him as a doctor anymore. Mm. And we always do. We always recognise him as a doctor. There's always something. There's an essential doctorish. He's always a good guy. That's what it, I mean. That's what it really comes down to. If you strip it down, we always recognise the doctor because in the end, the doctor will fight for for the little people, the, the small munchkins, and the um, he always fight, you know he'll always do what we consider to be good. And that's how you always recognise the Doctor, ultimately. You know, because you can strip away the, the, the eccentricities and the bow ties and the jelly babies and the question marks. We can really definitely strip away the question marks. And essentially, he's just, he's just someone who always does what's right, no matter what. At least that's what we recognise the Doctor as being, even though, as I've said before, first Doctor, early days, not quite so much. But those are almost um, the exception to the rule. So if, say, the Doctor woke up one day with no memory of who he was. There's been a few stories like that to be honest, hasn't there? Yes. In the books and stuff. In the books and stuff. But uh, just for the purposes of this, if he woke up one day with no memory of who he was, then would you be able to still claim that he is the Doctor? Well... If you recognised him? Well, yes, ultimately. I I would like to think so. But this gets into a whole area again of is personality natural or are we just... Yeah, again, some of our experiences. I think. So you just in, in in a sort of defence of the uh, being able to retrain this sort of uh, sum of experiences, etc. Everybody, or, or pretty much everybody, has heard of a French philosopher called uh, Descartes. Uh, he had a very famous principle. It's called uh, cognito ergo sum. I think, therefore, I am. Mm-hmm. And and what he's basically saying when he says that is that you can doubt the existence of your body, you can doubt the existence of everything physical around you, everything that your senses are telling you, but because you think, you can't deny the existence of your your capacity to think. You 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 know uh, if, if you're going to oversimplify it, you know the brain, the uh, uh, you know uh, the sort of consciousness. Um, and and that was actually his argument uh, for existence. There's a lovely little line actually in I think it's a Kate Orman book. I think it's Return of the Living Dad. It's definitely a new adventure, where the doctor says something along the lines of when you may wake up the next day with a complete new face. There's a reason I keep wearing the same kind of clothes over and over, the same style of clothes. You know, it gives him a continuity in his own life. That's actually very nice. I, I like the idea of that. It still doesn't explain why Adric never changed his clothes. Dirty <laughs> um, <clears throat> teenage boy. Well, yeah, actually, you probably hit the nail on the head now. Or or he does actually change clothes, but he just owns exactly the same thing over and over, which wouldn't same entirely surprise pajamas. me. Yeah. Um, 
Now the thing is about I think therefore I am is that these days modern philosophy it, it tends to reject uh, this principle because what it's saying is that it's trying to derive a truth uh, from something people know and what people know is subjective and what people think or believe about something or an entity is not actually a characteristic of that entity, which is quite interesting because it makes me wonder perhaps whether as long as people always remember him as the Doctor and can recognise him as the Doctor as Sarah Jane does in School Reunion, what is it that makes them? Is, is it this strain of, of goodness? She recognises him as the Doctor because she finds a TARDIS. Oh yes, that well. Okay. That's <laughs> a very good point. She doesn't there. recognise him when she first meets him. Yes, that is true. Um, although saying that after potentially, sorry, you could argue that's because um, you know she wasn't expecting to find him, and she saw the TARDIS, and she was waiting for it to be someone. But it could have been anyone, you know. She didn't yeah, have. But to... he turned up in a mysterious light and said, "Hello, Sarah Jane," and and there was spooky music happening. I'm sorry, okay, I'm not looking your point. I'm trying to use point, this as a way to illustrate yeah. my principle, okay? It was the best thing I could think, come thing up with. The thing is, people, people tend to recognise the Doctor. The only people who tend to recognise the Doctor who've met him before in a say, previous regeneration tends to be Time Lords, and you just presume that's an innate thing because you'd yes. have to be able to do that as a race, otherwise you'd, it'd get very confusing. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know who to invite to your parties. Exactly. But yes, anyway, uh, uh, the point was um, that people... Okay, let's go in a slightly different direction of it. People don't actually recognise him between his regenerations, and uh, and he tends to uh, leave people behind, and and so there's very little chance they'll ever recognise him. Then uh, could you argue that they can't recognise that quality of of goodness, that that you know, I, don't I, be a dick thing that that makes him but, him? But, no, I think I think you're stretching for 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 a point here. To be honest, I no, think. I'm trying to make you think. This I, is how it works. I am thinking, and all I can think is you're stretching for a point. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I just, I don't quite get. As your plucky girl assistant on this, I'm just providing the questions that our, our, our audience might be asking, and that is, I don't really get you, what you're trying to say. But people do. I mean, the brigadier. I mean, the brigadier immediately sees him. Well, you know, he doesn't. He sees him regenerate uh, from Pertwee into Baker. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't actually seem regenerate from Troughton into uh, Pertwee. But he doesn't recognise Pertwee at first, but he eventually um, accepts the fact that he's a doctor because he turns up wearing odd clothing and saying, that's my TARDIS. And, you know, he has two hearts and whatnot, so... I'm sorry, I'm bring, I, I, I feel like I'm bringing your uh, thing down. No, you're absolutely not bringing my thing down. Um, no, it's, it's just interesting, actually, because... Um... I'm, I'm just wondering, from a human point of view, um, if, if, if you were presented with one Doctor and then you were presented with another entirely different looking person with a different personality who you were also told was the Doctor, then what points would make you recognise the second person as in fact being the Doctor? Would you have to know of his abilities to regenerate? Would it well, be the two hearts? I, he'd, have to, he'd have to tell you at some point, because otherwise you, you, you'd just be like, you wouldn't believe it, would you? You'd have to have the knowledge... Because, and because there tends to be such a big physical difference between doctors as well. If Davison and Baker, uh, Colin Baker, stand next to each other, never mind even the costumes. You, you maybe might think that due to the, or the fact they were wearing question marks on the collars might <laughs> give it away, but I think that 
You'd, you'd have to be told. You'd definitely have to be told. See, what I'm sort of trying to steer it towards here is the idea that you can only ever subjectively know certain truths. And I'm pushing the word truth in inverted commas because that's a no massively one, no controversial word. No, nobody can see me making little inverted comma signs, but I'm doing it. Like I'm doing it right close to the mic, so maybe you can kind of get a little bit of that from... <sighs> Okay, sorry, I'm going to stop doing that now. Anyway, my point is, is that you can only ever subjectively know certain, inverted commas, truths about anything. And so it just interests me, the perception uh, by other people of the Doctor, especially relating to before and after um, regenerations. But surely the Doctor knows he's a Doctor. And given his lifestyle, does it matter if anyone else well, I mean, from, you know, he travels around. You said himself, he's not fixed in one place, so it's not like he often really runs into people he knows. No, you're you're very correct. I'm just saying that from a philosophical point no. of view, uh, it, it is almost entirely subjective. If if you chose to be presented with this uh, a new stranger um, who said they were the doctor and you didn't believe they were the doctor, then as far as you're concerned. Uh, that that's not the doctor, and because uh, as, as Descartes say, says, uh, all you sort of uh, know is is your own subjective uh, truth, and perhaps that's all you really can believe. You sort of get where I'm going with this. Not entirely. Um, I can. I just think maybe, but because we, we were talking about how does the doctor know know he's a doctor, and you know the, the kind of that link between different generations, and I'm not quite sure See, how we got onto this. I have to wonder. Um, I have to wonder if, if the idea of, of the Doctor being um, able to uh, regenerate and being the same entity between all of these different uh, regenerations is, is almost an objective truth. I think it's a convenient way to keep the show going. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Look, no. I'm rubbing a lot into this, yeah, okay? Yeah, yes. No, I, I, I know, I know. Um, I'm just trying to think of a big dick joke to make. <laughs> Uh, Look, I talked to you about something a bit different now. Actually, this is yeah. this is a very interesting philosophical. See, uh, the, the trouble with this is everyone will listen to it and think you're a great intellectual and think I'm as thick as shit. No, no, and I'm sure a lot of people will listen to this and completely disagree with me. And if you do, then feel absolutely free to email in the naked scuff and have a, a, a long email conversation. And I come across much better when I write things down. I have to say than I do when I'm speaking about them, um, uh, because you know it's, it's wonderful to be able to go back and read everything. But yeah, if, if anyone's particularly fired up about this, then uh, I'd love to. <laughs> have like some big long if arguments. I go, Where's the Torchwood review? <laughs> <laughs> Anything about Captain Jack getting naked? What about oh. the gay agenda? Oh god. <laughs> I love the gay agenda. I love a bit of gamey. Um, yes, anyway, uh, a philosophical uh, principle. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong now because it's been a very long time since I've, uh, I've, I've actually talked about this to someone. So um, it's, it's, it's known as uh, the ship of uh, thesis or the thesis paradox. Uh, it's, it's a very old thing, but basically um, uh, he was the founder king of Athens, uh, thesis, and he, he came over um, with a, a ship full of people from Crete, I believe, and, and sort of helped to establish um, Athens. And because of this, the Athenians uh, preserved the boat that they came over in. Um, you know, a big massive boat. And, and over time, obviously, the quality of the boat started to deteriorate, so they started replacing and is it still the same boat if they replace everything? I think I can see where this story goes. Yeah, they started replacing everything until it was practically a new boat. And they were saying, well, is it still the same But it's the thing? idea of the boat, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. Is, 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 is it still fundamentally the uh, same object? Now, 
it's, it's, it's quite interesting because there's also a guy called uh, Thomas Hobbes. Now, some of you might have heard of Hobbes. He's undoubtedly probably the most important philosopher who ever lived. He wrote a very famous book called Leviathan, um, and he was a coward and a traitor and a very, very clever man. Um, um, and I, I'd thoroughly recommend that if, if you have any interest in philosophy whatsoever, you read Leviathan. Now, I'm not going to say that you'll agree with its conclusions, but it's sort of a fantastic book. Now, uh, he threw an extra sort of puzzle into uh, a ship of a thesis, which uh, was, as, as he said, if you kept the original pieces uh, of the boat, if you kept the original timbers, and then you built a second ship out of it, which one would be the original? Well, that's like the Doctor and the Doctor's Ganger. Mm. The, I see what you're doing. Like, ah. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the major things about that particular episode, isn't it? Particularly the way the Doctor makes Amy think he's the Ganger Doctor yep. and the other Doctor isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and so Amy completely accepts the other Doctor. Yep. Uh, but to her, the point where she shuns the other Doctor. She's prejudiced against real. the other Doctor. And, and, um, and interestingly yeah. enough, the Doctor accepts the Ganger Doctor as completely off the, the bat. Doctor. Yeah, he yeah. he accepts him as himself. He accepts him as being another time lord, regardless of the fact that you know he's he's made up of a, a, a different substance. The fact that he looks identical can be perceived. The Doctor shares his experiences and his yeah. memories and and you know his his physicality. And it's a very interesting episode for many uh, reasons, and, uh, and in fact, I very much like the uh, way the interaction between the two doctors and then uh, the gang of Doctor and Amy was handled. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that this this particular principle is it's never really been satisfactorily resolved at any point, and and so it goes on and on. Um, and in fact, there's another. Uh, uh, well, philosopher as such, a guy called Locke, an uh, English philosopher, and, and, and he was a liberal and a fantastic guy. I absolutely love Locke. He wrote something called The Social Contract, which is uh, pretty interesting if you ever want to have a look into it. Anyway, uh, he had his own variation of this principle, which he called Locke's Socks, which I think is massively, massively cute. Um, you know, 17th century philosopher, Lock Socks, and he was basically saying that if he patched up a pair of his socks, he got a hole in them and patched up a piece of fabric, is it the same pair of socks? Now, everyone's going to say yeah, and he says if the socks got another hole in it, and then another and another, until eventually you had patched them up so often that they weren't the same pair of socks as such anymore, they were made out of different fabric. I mean, I think it is easy to say the different doctors are different people because they do have. They've always been played. Not played as different people, right? Apart from that, they're radically physically different. They've always been tried to find a different take on on the character. I don't actually know where I'm going with this. Um, See, I've always liked to think of Locke's Socks as the Sugar Babes principle. There's a god awful band in the UK called the Sugar Babes. God awful. There's some great stuff they've done. Well, okay. Their first album, when they were the original lineup. They did have some good stuff on there. And the second. I've met one of the Sugar Babes. That's compl- that's ignoring the musical criticism I make. She was a very them. nice person. I met her because I worked in a hospital can and her boyfriend got his arm cut off with a machete. Yes, we can talk, uh, tie this on to Doctor Who. Um, but well, yeah, basically. Well, <laughs> I'm just having a little thing, okay? It's a diversion. It's cute. It's wacky. I fucking hate the word wacky. Okay. I'm actually stealing that word off you and using it to bite you on the ass right now. 
Oh god, it's like people. Oh no, it's like American sitcoms. Wacky. Fuck off. Anyway, the Sugar Babes. They originally had a, a three-girl lineup, and then they replaced it so often that right now the Sugar Babes don't have any of the original that, Sugar Babes left a, in it. But they all left one at a time. That's kind of like lock socks. That, 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 but that's become a. I can't believe we're the Sugar Babes. But the thing about that is, it starts off as as a band, and it, and it, it mutates into a brand. Yes. Into a pop pop brand, and, and so that, it's that, almost so like it's this changed concept. what it is originally. Yeah. yeah. From like a three girls union says at school to a. Big. Well, I don't know if they're big anymore. To be honest, I mean, that, when, when they last have a hit, I, I have no idea. But you know, so that that's kind of mutating what it is originally. Where the Doctor changes, but he's still essentially uh, a man who travels in time and space, fight, fighting evil, righting wrongs, kidnapping young women. True enough, but from a slightly different point of view, could you argue that uh, the evolution of Doctor Who has not been a little bit like the evolution of the Sugar Babes? Well, yeah, in the sense that it's uh, it's it, had a it really weird. Off as one concept, and that concept has sort of but, uh, mutated a lot more until it's, it's become more than a sum of just this one concept. It's sort of turned into a... a it is a multimedia brand. Now. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. You've got the book, books, audio, video games, toys. No, no, I mean, no, no one's ever argued that it hasn't changed fundamentally. But, I mean, the actual show itself, I've always said you take the show at three, four-year intervals, and there's usually been some kind of massive change... Often with whoever's playing the Doctor, but sometimes just simply in terms of tone and style. I mean, Tom Baker is a classic example of that. There's three distinct tones in that. You know, you've got you've got your Hinkcliffe, your Williams, and then you've got the well, series eighteen, the the more less J and T, more the Bidmead era. See, the thing with this uh, ship of uh, thesis concept. Yeah. Is that it's? Uh, yeah, I've had a quick uh, search on the interwebs um, uh, about it, and it's come up with so many examples of when, because it's such a fascinating concept, and and one that I think a lot of people struggle to deal with. Um, it's come up in popular culture a lot. Uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, obviously deals Ghost a lot with. Awesome. It is very very good. Um, Except um, for the, the second film. The second film is a pile of wank. Well, yes. Um, it looks lovely, but it's just so dull. Standalone complex is very good. I'd recommend standalone complex. Sorry, so if, if a person's had their whole body replaced by artificial parts, now they're still human. Uh, also, uh, Terry Pratchett, uh, his Discworld series. Um, apparently, he uses this quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's a very Pratchett throughout. idea, actually. It is a very Pratchett idea, and uh, you'll also be happy to know. Uh, um, uh, only fools and horses, quickly, but um, um, uh, has, has popped up in there even. Um, but uh, particularly um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hey. And uh, yes, there's one particular uh, character in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy who's called uh, uh, Trillian Astra. And um, uh, this is in one of the later books. You know, he wrote lots of them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. So you look so confused. Fuck off. Uh, do you know that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? <laughs> is all I say to you. For some more. Keep going. I read the You're first Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy away. book when I was eight years old. So I read the first one when I was ten, so fuck oh, you. Jesus Christ. I can't believe how this has descended. Um, uh, but yes, like, once again. dicks throbbing purple veins. Carry on. I'm really glad that you're the one who's majorly bringing this down this time. It makes such a refreshing change. Um, yes, anyway, um, uh, parts of her have been replaced uh, uh, so many times. Um, but, yeah, actually, it's, 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 it's interesting as well, because, uh, uh, once again, uh, 
uh, Douglas Adams actually had a, a bit of a thing about the Shipper thesis thing where he said that there's a cultural difference with it as well. Um, uh, I'm just going to read you this passage from uh, Douglas Adams's book Last Chance to See, uh, which is about his travels in Japan. And he says, I remembered once in Japan having been to see the Gold Pavilion Temple in Kyoto, being mildly surprised at quite how well it had weathered the passage of time since it was built in the 14th century. I was told it hadn't weathered well at all, and had in fact been burnt to the ground twice in this century. So it isn't the original building, I had asked my Japanese guide. But yes, of course it is, he insisted, rather surprised at my question. But it's burnt down, yes, twice, many times, and rebuilt. Of course, it is an important historic building, with completely new materials, but of course it was burnt down. So how can it be the same building? It is always the same building. I have to admit to myself that it is in fact a perfectly rational point of view. Uh, it merely started from an unexpected premise. The idea of the building, the intention of it, and its design are all immutable and are the essence of the building. The intention of the original builders is what survives. The wood of which the design is constructed decays and it is replaced when necessary. To be overly concerned with the original materials, which are merely sentimental souvenirs of the past, is to fail to see the living building itself. Okay, but the thing is, you can about the Doctor is the idea. What we have as the idea of the Doctor, the idea that we are used to now, doesn't really, in many ways, come around until I'd almost argue, or at least Troughton, or maybe even not to Pertwee's Doctor. No, but if we take that passage from uh, Adams, who, of course. You know, it's as if I need to say it for Dr. Hugh viewers, but you know, such a fantastic contributor to uh, Who um, over the years. That's that, that's just supplementary stuff. That's stuff that happens with the evolution, you know, of the building or of the doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's the original concept was there from the off. You know, you have this yeah, this alien, enough, enough, this alien yeah, yeah. who travels and, and, and he travels with his companions and at the end of the day that is the most essentially doctorly thing that there can be about the Doctor. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair enough actually. That's fair enough. Do you know what my favourite bit of, of, of philosophy based who is? The big throbbing cocks? No, 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 big throbbing cocks. Um, it's in Dragonfire actually. I haven't seen this for about... Oh, years, 13 years. I'm kind of looking forward to it coming out of DVD that I'm, I'm fond of it. Um, where the Doctor has Doctor and Glitz and the Doctor has distracts a guard outside of Glitz's spaceship by telling him about philosophy. But then Glitz goes into the spaceship and there's a woman whose name I can't remember and she holds Glitz up with a gun and the Doctor comes in and goes, I think they could keen to talk about philosophy. And I'm, I'm misquoting this, I know I'm misquoting this. And and, and, and this woman points a gun at the Doctor and Glitz goes, she's going to kill us Doctor and he goes, because ah, an existentialist. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's really all I have to con contribute to this. No, you've been great as my plucky girl assistant, and I have to say you look very becoming in that wig. Thank you. I I, I feel the bras a bit um, tight though. I, I can barely keep my eyes off your tits. I know my uh, my, lo my lovely tits. I think the next special is going to be about comics. <laughs> so that I can talk for hours and you can just go, mm. Yeah, and I, I can mean, say, I know a really hot girl whose dad illustrated Doctor Who comics. And that would be it. That would be my contribution. Wrote, wrote actually, more. Oh, right? Okay. Yeah, you wrote, okay. More. Okay. you wrote more. To find out who that is, tune into our next uh, special. Do -do 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 
Oh, have we have we reached any kind of a conclusion or, or, or well? This point? is this is the one crappy thing about philosophy is that it's possible. It, it, it's not just possible; it's entirely probable that you're going to talk yourself in a circle, and nobody's going to be any the wiser because at the end of the day, it just comes down to what you personally but, think. But I do think that passage by uh, Adams in in his book there that I read pretty much sums it up. But ultimately, I think as I said before, I still think we know the Doctor because the Doctor is a hero. He's a good guy. I think. I think you could just. I think you, you know the doctor because he's an alien that travels in time and space with his companions. I think it's and... simpler than that, though. I think it's simpler than that. I think you know the doctor because he's a, he, he does the right thing, ultimately. Well, I tell you what, there would be a good place to leave it because I can feel myself wanting to argue with you again, and uh, and 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 I have to watch a pretty girl go get naked in a minute. So. <laughs> Should we put that into context? No, let's not. Let's just leave that. Leave that <laughs> let, let them wonder about our strange metropolitan lives. <laughs> um, so anyway, if you've enjoyed this, uh, good. If you haven't, don't worry. We're back to uh, normal next episode. As normal as we get. As normal as we ever get. We'll be looking at uh, the Fifth Doctor Adventure, Castrovalva. Uh, uh, so contact details, I guess. Like I said, if you want to email us uh, anything at all, if you want to argue with me. Feedback, pretty photos, um, your bank details, you can do so at nakedscarf at gmail.com. Oh yeah, I'm definitely in the market for a sugar daddy. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That that was a joke. It's too late now. I'm cutting oh. now. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter um, at nakedscarf. We have a Tumblr, uh, nakedscarf.tumblr.com is where I put the uh, various show notes and what forth and you can find pictures from my 30th birthday as well in which I'm dressed as the 11th Doctor Oh yeah, it was freaking awesome, right? There were this couple um, who guessed, they were like uh, are you dressed as the 11th Doctor? And Adam was like, yeah, and he was like, is this a sci-fi theme party because of all the awesome costumes there and like, yeah, and they're like, have this drink and it was six shots with no mixer and Adam just couldn't remember anything that happened after that. Apparently, so whoever you are that couple, I salute you Apparently, um, I did the. If anyone's ever seen the film *Tropic Thunder*, and you know the Tom Cruise big dick player dance, apparently the music came on in the club, and apparently dressed as Eleven Doctor, I did the big dick player dance, and I can't remember that, and that actually genuinely saddens me a little bit. He did. I'm thinking about putting the rest of the photos up, actually, because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that anyone actually believe that you have such hot female friends. Thank you so much. <laughs> anyway, look, anyway, oh, God, it's, we're just trying to end the damn thing and we're getting distracted. Yes, so uh, there's a Facebook group, The Naked Scarf, which you can find by searching The Naked Scarf on Facebook. And I think that pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Yep. Oh, Twitter, at Naked Scarf. I've done that. Okay, whatever. Okay, but just in case you didn't hear the first time, Twitter, at Naked Scarf. So, yeah, we hope you've been interested and enjoyed it, this special. And uh, until next time, folks, take care.
Ask. Good part, Pecker. That's when Jug gets mm. fun. Yeah. Ask, and you shall see. All right. You play ball? We play ball. I know. You want the goodies. Welcome to the goodie room. You paying attention? Because I'm talking. G5. That's how you can roll. No more frequent fly bitch miles from my boy. Player, player, big dick player. Swinging past your knees. 